0: all right
1: so we have a big chapter tonight yeah i think summarizing is going to be good this time through okay well but, let me
0: let me officially start the show and then i know there's s- going
1: to be certain aspects that we're going to want to get deeper into but
0: okay let's um get into this okay hmm. everyone. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 17 of Belgariad and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgariad series of books by David Eddings. This season we're reading Book 2, Queen of Sorcery, and today we're diving into Chapter 16. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe. And I'm here with Alicia Seymour, my podcasting partner. Hi, Alicia. Hello. Good to be back. We got for Thanksgiving. Yes, we had Thanksgiving vacation for Alicia. Um, yeah, I don't really understand the holiday. I'm Australian <laughs> and I live in Europe and have no kind of frame of reference except for you know things I see on Facebook, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, it's for us. It's nothing more than just getting together to have a meal, which mm-hmm. we do a lot, anyways. So okay it's nice it's just a nice day to kind of be quiet and eat mm-hmm. food and be grateful and play we played a lot of games too which was fun like so it's Uno. Family. do family know?
0: Oh, yeah yeah i know i love you know but i and i said i actually want to introduce my family and friends here to it because they've never played it
1: really yeah and and that game went on for us for like Two hours. Yeah, and it, yeah still it, was kept. An uh-huh. it still wasn't ending. It still wasn't ending. So we are like, all right, cut it. Uh-huh. So kids were ready for some pie. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. Yeah.
0: Thanks for reminding me. That goes back on my games list. I'm writing a note right now. Yeah. It's a good game. So we get into
1: Polgaris' cup. Uh huh. Um, I'll go ahead. Okay. So my cup. It's been two weeks, but I tried to get the gist of it. Uh, and my cup is pumpkin spice with almond milk. Of like course warm... pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it was fitting for Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, so yeah, I already mentioned, you know, we had Thanksgiving. It was really, really good. And in that week off, because the kids were home from school that whole week, and which is why I couldn't really record because um, we actually had plans with their friends that day. And so there were some big shifts, though, during the week, you know, in my personal life and my relationships, and it started off a little disastrous, but then it ended up being something that was really needed for everybody, so that was a really good, I think the timing of it being that week of Thanksgiving, when everything was pretty quiet and mellow, was a good time for it to all unfold. So I'm grateful for all of that, and I don't want to get into the details just because it's it is personal, mm-hmm. but the last thing, oh, I have been writing, but it has been a little bit of a, a challenge. I, d- I get this feeling of resistance, like, oh, I don't I don't want to write today. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been having so much fun studying and reading um, stuff about ego and presence and manifestation and all this stuff that it's kind of like absorbing me, mm-hmm. but I have to remind myself I'm a writer. And that's, that's why I'm here. That's how I'm supposed to use this presence that I have and I'll find myself resisting it. And I'll just sit the last few days though. I still sat down, made myself right. And I got two scenes written one scene each time. And at the end of it, I just felt like, oh my gosh, that's so good. And I get all excited. Uh, and so I realized that that's probably a cycle I'm going to have to keep doing until I can break it.
0: Uh-huh, you know, and stop uh-huh. feeling that
1: resistance and actually feel excitement. Like, yeah, I get to write. Yep,
0: <laughs> you know. Yep.
1: So I was dealing with that a little bit, um, but it's it's going good. Great. And and yeah, the one quick thing I wanted to share is I just discovered the movie, and it's a book that I'm obviously getting now. It's called "The House with a Clock in Its Walls." Hmm. Oh my gosh. It's like a, a kid's uh, middle grade book, but mm-hmm. they made it into movie and it has Jack Black in it. Uh, and it's just, it's so great. Like, uh, just like that when I discovered A Wrinkle in Time, remember? Yeah. Back then it's like, like that, but it's a whole kind of different story. It's not a wrinkle in time kind of story, but What's it the hit movie me. Playing? At, at, it's well, here it's out on TV now. Oh, okay. Like we have it on. So you could probably rent it somewhere, but it's, it's just, it's, it's got magic. It's got a little darkness. It's got great humor. It's so good. And it's cause I want, I have planned for a middle grade series. Yeah. So when I see that kind of stuff, it just gets me like, Oh my God, I can't wait to write mine. You know,
0: there's your excitement right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm writing the Raven dreams like the last Yeah, book. but you,
0: That can be your reward for finishing the Raven dreams. That's what I keep telling myself. You have to finish this so you can yeah. start that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is exciting. But that's the mm-hmm. thing. We get the shiny, shiny, oh, new, oh, new project, new project. And then we I haven't know. finished the other one. You know. So you need to employ all of your presence, practice, and mindfulness <laughs> that you've been studying that. and get yourself into the Raven Dreams.
1: Yeah that was almost going to be my prophecy speaks today too, but I changed. It It was going to be, is it okay to start this new series (gasps) while I'm still writing the Raven dreams? You
0: know bloody well that it's not. (laughs) But then
1: another, another (laughs) more powerful question came. I'm like, no, that's right. Okay. Very good.
0: Well, thank you for sharing your cup with us. Nice potion. How about yours? Mm, My cup is empty. (laughs) My cup is empty, even though I thought it was full. And, uh, but thankfully, I have all the ingredients that I need to brew a refreshing potion that's both comforting and exciting. Yeah, I have all the ingredients. So I'm just sitting with my empty cup at the moment, letting it be empty. Just having a bit of a look down there in the bottom to see what the dregs contain. Do a bit of, you know, similar to tea leaf reading, but it's with just the grains and smudges in the bottom of my cup. Yeah. So just sort of, you know, reclaiming my space and uh, coming into a, a place of real clarity about what I want. Mm -hmm. different from what I don't want, even though it's important to know what I don't want, even more important is knowing what I do want and being able to articulate what I do want.
1: Right. And that comes from figuring out what you don't want first.
0: Well, part of it is is that, but that's just the part of it. Like that's not the end. And so many people kind of go, well, that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. but they're still in that lost space because Mm -hmm. they don't know what it is that they do want.
1: Right. I think you have to answer that question of what I don't want a few times before what you do want starts to come through.
0: I think that that is very true. And there's, there's some, there's, there, there are permissions in there that you, that I start to give myself when I do that, like, this is not what I want. I don't want this. It's like, you quit being the nice person who just says yes to everything or is generous all the time or keeps stepping over her own boundaries Mm -hmm. to make other people comfortable. Uh, This has been like a period of discovery of what my boundaries really are. Yeah. And so that's been really interesting. And so in, in discovering that, It helps me be clearer about, so that the focus has shifted now to what I do want, what I I really do want. And so now I'm, and this will be part of the question that I ask in Prophecy Speaks, I'm pretty sure. Let me just check. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I'll talk about it more at the end of the show when we get to Prophecy Speaks, what it is that I do want and stuff about that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, did that even make any sense? Or am I going to listen to this when I edit it tomorrow and go, "Sandra, you're blathering." <laughs> I think it made sense. Okay, good. This <laughs> yeah. is like a fresh start. Yeah, well, Your not cup a fresh is empty. Yeah. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I am I I am a, a fresh start new beginnings lover but this doesn't feel like that this feels because always before a new beginning for me would feel like hmm, turning in another direction or turning away from something or even running away from something but this feels like same direction different level
1: yeah yeah deeper.
0: deeper yeah same direction level has gone deeper deeper level so it's all of that you know spiral stuff that i love you know this is yeah. the a spiral towards my center
1: yeah it's so good though yeah there's gonna be amazing things coming next week when we talk
0: i bet you're gonna oh, have some of that
1: i think to I share. Think
0: that you are right <laughs> uh, so that's my cup that's what's in my potion cup this week Um, next we're going to Garion's view which is where Alicia becomes a Garion because he is the hero of our story and she is the heroine of our podcast she is with new eyes new fresh fresh virgin eyes seeing the words for the first time as Garion has his story unfold so (laughs) tell us the chapter summary
1: Okay, this one was this one was hard to summarize because there's a lot in it, but <laughs> yep. I just I just left out all the small little amazing things because right. I know we'll talk about them. But Good. so they go to see the emperor as they were planning to do in the last chapter, and um, you know, Mr. Wolf starts talking to him about the threats, and the emperor's you know complaining about everyone trying to kill him and waiting for him to die and all that. And he seemed like a very alert and observant person, but he's completely closed off to what Wolf is trying to tell him. And so they have some moments together for a little bit. And then the Murgos walk in and Asherak is there, which was interesting. (laughs) And they come and give him some news and he's like all about it. He's like, okay, great, thanks. This is amazing. And now we can work together and all this stuff. Uh-huh. and so mr wolf is kind of like all right this guy's lost he's a lost cause time to go. <laughs> you know and so they leave
0: <laughs> yep
1: and that's that's a that's a, that's a quick start. run
0: across the surface yep that's it
1: <laughs> yeah
0: Otherwise, I would have had,
1: like, two pages of something. Yeah, which is what
0: we do in the next segment of the show, which is called Wolf's Wisdom, which is where we get down into the nitty-gritty of the chapter and the characters and the story and talk about yeah. it in depth. So, yep. yes, so this is yep. a huge chapter. It's not only longer than some of, my, some of the other chapters that we've read, but there's so much, like, there's so much here. It was a nice shift from luck. So the last chapter
1: in say, I didn't like it at all because it's so political. Yeah. This one was like the complete opposite. It was really great. Like I enjoyed it.
0: And I don't know whether it's the complete opposite. The last chapter felt kind of empty and boring. Yeah. Like it was just like a a nothing chapter. Uh-huh. I'm, I mean, I, I could go back and reread it and try to, you know, determine the purpose of the chapter and if there was one or if it could have actually just been cut. But um, I probably won't. <laughs> but if anyone <laughs> out there wants to do that, you go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and then let us know what you come up with.
1: <laughs> yeah, any politics uh I just, I'm going to glaze over it. That's just how I am.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it's important because, you know, setting up the, you know, doing the world building and setting up the politics for a story like this is kind of important. Um, So, you know, okay, maybe it had to be there, but did it have to be so boring, really?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I... I guess I got to give him credit for being able to put politics into his story because I usually just stay away from it altogether. <laughs> like, you know, who's really good at doing it in a great way is J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling has politics in her story, but you don't even notice it because Which she's story? so good. Harry Potter. Oh, so you yeah. don't even
0: notice it. Well, yeah, because but Because it's but see, so politics, saturated with. If you think about it, there's politics in every story. Because, because every world view has a particular structure. Yeah. And so even though it's not overtly referred to, it exists.
1: Right. I think I think though some authors go into it with, with the intention that they're going to be referencing politics. And I, yes. I know J.K. Rowling did.
0: There's another um, series of books by Raymond E. Feist, uh, uh, was it him or was it Jenny Wertz, who wrote uh, Daughter of the Empire, that series. I'll have to have a look, but it was incredibly political, but I loved it. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, lots of magic and that sort of stuff, um, yeah. like total fantasy world. But the yeah. politics was just incredible. I loved the way that that was written.
1: It's the same for A Song of Ice and Fire, too, Game of Thrones. Um, it's very political, but I, I'm in love with that story. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. So anyway, we haven't got enough to this, about that. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the chapter yet. Holy shit. All
1: right. So they arrive. They go out to the, um, what do they call it? The Imperial Palace. Yep. And they're, like, knocking on the door. I had, like, a Wizard of Oz vibe here again. <laughs> and this, like, guy peeks out, like, what do you want? You know? I'm actually reading that. Oh, really? So oh, you said that, said that last it? time. Did I? Cause yeah. Because I, I think I said that last time, too. And then you told me you were reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Déjà and, okay. vu. I know. And so Grinnick is, like, I assure you, like, this this can't wait. Because like, he says he's sleeping. Mm.
0: And so he finally convinces so- his guard. Morin. I just wanted to have a little shout out to Morin. Morin is the emperor's like, I don't know, personal assistant, personal like manservant. It feels like, I mean, is it mentioned in here what he is Lord Morin, but he's very, very close to the emperor. He's like the closest advisor or whatever that the emperor has. And he, he's just one of my, he's, he's, He's not a huge character in the entire series, but he's one of my favourites. So I just have a little shout-out to Lord Moran. Anybody else loves him, let me know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so even here, like, he's, this, he's an old dude, and so he's the one who greets the party when they get to the palace, and um, he decides that uh, Grinick, his insistence that he sees the emperor is like, you yeah, know, okay, I'm trusting you. So he's got a lot. He's this Morin actually has a lot of power in the, in the, in the palace. If he, if that's the kind of decision that he can make, like, yeah, okay, I'll make an exception. You don't have to wait until, you know, this afternoon or tomorrow you can come through now I'll take you through now, even though the emperor has said that he's not seeing anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of tells you how close he is to the emperor. Yeah, and so off they go it feels very Roman like if you think if, when I think about uh, how like Roman ruins and what little mm-hmm. I know about the Roman Empire and how they operated and looked like in my imagination that's how this palace looks
1: yeah I got the same image you know like all white pillars yeah. and stuff and then they're out in that garden and it's oh yeah. <gasps>
0: And that is why I imagine mantles, tullniedred mantles, the garment, the way that I do. I, it's a Roman garment in my head, like loose mm-hmm. sleeve, long, loose robes. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> Finally worked it out.
1: Oh, yeah. So they get in. <clears throat> they get into the garden section, and I was interested that. He wasn't really sleeping; he was just sitting in his garden,
0: you know? yeah, under a grape, kind of like that,
1: yeah, kind of like a lord Moran is is covering for him by saying he's sleeping right now, I really can't bother him,
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. well, did he actually say he's sleeping? I think so, oh, okay, well, can't be disturbed mm-hmm. or something uh, it says. Oh no no it's not it's not said but it's implied Grinnick says this won't wait, you better wake him up. Right. So it's not actually said that he's sleeping. Lord Morin knows the secret language because he and Silk have a little exchange. Right. When Silk's pulling when they're taking out their um weapons to go into the presence of the emperor. You know, Silk's take takes three daggers out from different places. <laughs> and Moran's just a little bit impressed you know Mm -hmm. flicks a little uh uh they have a little flick 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 between them with their fingers which i Mm -hmm. liked Mm -hmm. and so they go in and Ranborun is sitting there with a little canary feeding a little canary um seed on the arm of his chair underneath a grapevine so it's a nice picture when I slowed down to let the description build like in my imagination it's quite lovely did you get the or did you not
1: I mean I got a gist of how I imagined like the garden to be I have a visual of something similar to a scene in, in one of the Game of Thrones episodes where it's really open mm-hmm. it's spacious and the, like the sky is up there there's no like ceiling over it and, uh, he's got like benches that you can just sit in between the plants and stuff.
0: Okay. Well oh, lovely. So so the first interesting thing that happens is that uh Emperor the Emperor um sees who is there and gives Grinig a very sly smile. hmm Did you catch that? Yeah. There, do you remember you asking me? Mm-hmm if we would find I out do. more about the beard, about Grinick's, uh short beard. Right.
1: So we find out that the who, this woman is, I guess she like seduced him in some way into agreeing to it. And then now she just makes a big joke about it to everyone. She says she keeps it in a box and shows all her friends. His beard,
0: <laughs> like, now, look, I got him. Yeah, she keeps it in a, in a under her bed in a little gold box. Um, but so, and the other interesting thing about this is she's a Nadrak So Nadrak mm. is a tribe of Mergo, of the, of yeah. the not Mergo of the Angarak, mm-hmm. so related to Mergos. Okay. Okay. So that was that. And just the fact that the emperor knew what had happened, like he seems mm-hmm. to be very knowing. Yeah. He's not too aloof and removed from the doings of his empire to mm-hmm. be unaware of what's going on. Right. Now he's old. So I think they're sort of trying to set up this, this. He, yes, he's old, but he's pretty sharp.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I got that vibe too. It comes there's more of it that comes later. We'll touch on, but it was he's very like I said in my summary, he's like really alert. Yes. And you know, quick. He seems quick with his mind.
0: And sh- and and sh- like shrewd and and kind of wry. And I like his sense of humor, like he's got a really sly sort of almost silkish sense of humor, like Yeah. Bit sarcastic, <laughs> not like not really sarcastic, but like really kind of cutting, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, because he recognizes Barak for who he is straight away, the Earl of Trelheim. Then then he goes through the rest of the group, identifying all of them, you know, Prince Kaldar, right, and Hetar. Like he knows who Heta is. He's, he makes the comment, the man who's trying to depopulate Thor single handedly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: mandrelin too he recognizes yeah, he recognizes mandrelin as well and he and it's so he's he's so sharp that he does he says an arend and then he uh he amends that and says oh, not just an arend a mimbrate mm-hmm. you know so i'm not sure if it's important it might be I think to speak to the Drin kind of personality, but he makes the comments to Morin, why have you surrounded me with Alorns? I don't like Alorns. Mm-hmm. So they're not like enemies, but they're not best friends, I think is yeah. the point.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I did read that part. I- figure there's deeper meaning that I just missed at that point.
0: Well, I mean, I'm not sure that I, knowing all that I know, uh, they are, it's a, it, they, the Talmudrins are a very Roman equivalent. Like it's an empire. They like to make agreements with all of the other lands and leaders. So they have some sort of commercial arrangement. And that is they're in with everyone. They don't discriminate. They're not interested in conquering to gain, like, land or mm-hmm. countries. They do it through their commercial agreements. That's where they do their, their sort of, that's where they get in. And sort of that's the empire, I think.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but
1: he does comment about Garion too mm-hmm. saying I, I don't know who the Sindar and the Riven lad are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so the Sindar <laughs> so, is Dernick mm-hmm. and the Riven Dernic. lad yeah and, so um, Garion
1: remembers that Beric had once told him he resembled a Riven
0: more than anything else uh but he'd lost sort of that that had gone by the way side because you know all of the things had been happening and mm-hmm. um and he looks over at Aunt Paul, poll who is who's determinedly studying a rose bush <laughs> <laughs> yeah which gives
1: him his answer right there
0: i think so yeah. i think so so what do you make of that
1: well he's really a revan, he's the prince or whatever right the throne, the throne. That's
0: we don't know. I'm
1: asking you what you make the, of it. The orb was taken from. Okay. The Raven King. So that's He's where the next you Raven King.
0: Okay, so that's where you. That's your. <laughs> yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And then the Emperor looks at uh, Wolf. And seems to think he should know who he is, but can't quite place him. <laughs> And the canary gets very excited and flies over to aunt pole and starts singing 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 yeah um, and the emperor gets a bit pouty because he's like i've been trying to coax the bird to sing for months and um it wouldn't and poles you know quite you know you weren't taking him seriously enough <laughs> Yeah. So you talk yeah, about it. this next part because. Do oh, they mean the, the rest of the bird stuff, or after well, that? Well, no, no, just like, because then he says, well, who is this woman? The emperor says, who's this woman? And uh, Mr. Wolf introduces her. Mm. So this is my daughter, Polgara. Right. Yeah. yeah so he
1: doesn't, he doesn't, the emperor doesn't believe they are who they say they are because he says he doesn't believe in. Or he gave up on fairy tales a long time ago so mm-hmm. you you aren't real you're just fair they're fairy tales so you can't be them
0: mm-hmm. and this is and important though. i want to know how you think about because i wanted to hash this over a little bit with you later on
1: what the, the mr wolf's response is is it was my I, I i picked this for one of my things but it's uh-huh. you know his response to that comment is like, that's a really sad way to live your life. You know, to not believe in stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I like Um, that too. Yeah. I think perhaps you gave up too much. A life without any wonder left in it is flat and stale. Mm -hmm. Could be the tagline for our podcast.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. I don't know about copyright on
0: that, but... (laughs)
1: But I, th- I think it would be fine
0: but um you know so he doesn't believe him and then says well that's okay we'll send for Zeriel, and he can settle it all what did you think of Zeriel? <laughs> that was
1: the humorous part for me because it's like he's talking him up as he's this big what does he call him a wizard a wizard something like that. a wizard
0: mm-hmm
1: and that he's the best of the best and all this and um he Zareal is quick to like discount Wolf and Polgara saying like i i would have heard of them you know i don't know who they are i don't recognize them so they're nobody
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and it was just humorous to hear him do all of that knowing obviously that they really are who they say they are
0: mhm yeah so Zareel's, like um their names are mythological. The names are mythological. There are just no such people. Zareel is like a, it seems like almost like a court jester, like an entertainer, someone who just entertains the emperor. Yeah. With, you know, tricks and sleight of hand and that sort of thing. And then Aunt Paul sort of says, I think you should look a bit closer, Zareel. Sometimes we miss things. And I totally miss this. Oh, I want to put it <laughs> for my magic. I totally missed this. Did you?
1: Well, yeah, I forgot about it for the magic. Yeah, too, I totally but...
0: forgot about it. But she makes that one of those gestures that she likes to make when she speak, when she does her magic.
1: Uh
0: huh. Almost imperceptible gesture, and Gary and heard a faint rush when she did it, and then surreal the wizard just kind of went a bit gaga and fell over. Oh, forgive me, forgive me, Lady Pogaro. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that was funny too. (laughs) And the
0: emperor's not impressed at all. (laughs) Yeah. He
1: still doesn't believe, right?
0: Still doesn't believe. (laughs) Oh, mind wasn't that strong to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, Paul gets very art-polish and gets a bit tart with um, Ranboroon. Oh, you're getting tiresome. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And Mr. Wolf's losing patience. And so is Polgara like, okay, well, we don't have all day to sit here and try to prove mm. ourselves to you.
0: You know, but we then, got stuff
1: to take care of.
0: Yeah. But before <laughs> they tell him what's what, the mm-hmm. canary starts talking. Oh, right. Right. Um, <laughs> telling Rambo that he really ought to believe them. <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> and gives a, him, gives him a gives him a bit of a telling off about his garlic breath and that sort of stuff. And Aunt Paul just sort of hushes the bird, and and meanwhile the emperor is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so he's gone. He's gone a bit trembly and like, holy shit, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And decides that okay, just for the sake of the conversation, I'll accept what you say, and pretend it's true.
1: Right. Right. So Mr. Wolf then it starts explaining to him about Zadar, mm-hmm. and and that he's taken the orb and they're... Following him, trying to catch him before he can get to uh, Torak, and mm-hmm. you know the threat this means for Tolnidra and all of that. And
0: so, just is this seems... is this is this the first time that it's been just really clear and flat out said, like the whole thing in one piece? What's happened?
1: I I feel like it was said before. I feel I feel like it's been said before. Like all the pieces have been said, for but sure. not together. Like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't remember.
0: I can't, but I know that, that I
1: already knew it all. Yeah, I didn't you read already it and knew be like, it.
0: no, Ooh. oh, that's a surprise. But I'm <laughs> right. not sure that it's been said so blatantly. Or maybe mm-hmm. it has, and I'm just forgetting it.
1: Yeah, I'm not the right person to ask on that type of stuff. <laughs> I, it's I, not, just, it's I read not it nice. and it's.
0: Yeah, it's nice and clear because everything is just in a couple of paragraphs mm-hmm. um, and I think that the important thing about this part is that, you know, okay, Zeta the Apostate crept into the throne room at River and stole the orb of Aldur. Ranbaroon, like, oh, you know, he did what? How? And so he sits up and he pays attention immediately. So for, his, for all of his poo-hooing, the fact that he... Belgrath and Pogar are standing in front of him and he doesn't believe who they are. He's very, uh, you know, he's called to attention by this thing, mm. you know, the orb of Aldera, Zeta, the apostate. So it's, it feels, this is what I wanted to hash out with you. Like by the end of the conversation, he's told a story and, you know, um, and he's, he's sort of, he believes it. And he's saying, I'm not going to get involved like, he believes it enough to say, oh, I'm not getting involved in whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. Right. And yet he doesn't believe who they are. See, I don't, that's, this, this is like a, there's a dissonance there. There's a,
1: Well, I wonder if him saying, I don't believe who you are, is not meant to be more of just a slight on them rather than him not really believing. Well There's more of him so. being like, this is what I think of you guys. Yeah. You don't th- really exist. You can pretend that you do, but in my head, you don't.
0: I think there is something to that. And I think as the story goes on, we learn more about how Toledrans are with magic and sorcery and that sort of stuff. So I think yeah. there's a little bit of cultural stuff in there, like not a not a personal thing, which I think he actually says in here, it's not personal, he does. it's theological. The right. But... Uh, <laughs> But the other important thing that that Wolf says to them, says to him, is um, that the Alorns and Sendars are quietly preparing for war. And that does shock Ramborun. And he wants to know with whom. And Wolf says the Angrax, of course. And then uh, the Emperor's like, well, what's Zed i got to do with the Angrax? So, and then Wolf says that the Alorns will march um as well um and arendia with them so that's every that's that's you know all the other lands that they've been to so far and the emperor's like well you'll tear the world apart and wolf said well that doesn't matter we've got to stop him we've got to get to Torak. we've got to stop Zeta before he gets to Torak with the orb and ramboon's all about you know i'll send you know people to talk to you know the anger acts, you know, before it all gets out of hand and it's just, you know, it's, like it's just too late. Um, mm-hmm. And Barrack sort of ste- speaks up and says, you know, the Alorns really aren't in the mood for any Nugent diplomacy at the moment, you know. <laughs> And this is where I was talking about, that's how they get into the other countries, through their diplomats and their commercial agreements. And there always seems to be something stuck in there that's really beneficial for the Toledians and gives them a a sort of a hold in the other countries.
1: Mm. Okay. I was just looking at the part, I don't know if I went too far ahead, but the part where he starts, we'll start talking
0: about, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, that's thol Murgos? Oh, yeah, nearly there. Yeah, we're nearly there. So um, the Emperor, and then the Emperor is like, oh, you're just playing it. It, it, it. This is all out of proportion. You're making a big deal about nothing. You know, the Alorns and the Angrax have been squabbling over that worthless stone for thousands of years. And you've all been waiting for a chance to kill each other. Have at it? We're mm-hmm. not getting involved. And, and sort of, you know, he's like, oh, well, it just doesn't concern me. And Wolf's like, well, your your empire will fall within a week because there are Murgos everywhere here. And Ramboon is determined to believe that they are honest merchants. They're on honest business. And so here's another example of 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 Rambaroon having that um, you know, officially I don't believe who you are, but I believe who you are. You know, the whole world knows that you and your father have an obsessive hatred of all anger acts, but times have changed. So mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. officially I have to say I don't believe who you are, but I actually believe who you are. Right. Yeah.
1: So I think it's more of a snide on his parts than Yeah,
0: it feels it feels like um he's he's enjoying playing a part like that's the kind of sense of humor that i i just see peeking out like i really and i like that yeah (laughs) so now we're up to the performance all the funny words so tell me what you didn't understand i mean is he just
1: explaining this so he understands that the margos aren't actually just innocent merchants that they're well that's what he's
0: yeah that's what he's trying to do yeah. Wolf's trying to convince Emperor the Emperor that all of the Murgos in everywhere are ruled by Ktuchik from Rakthol. And Rakthol is the head, like is where all the Grollms, the, the source the Mergo sorcerers. Mm-hmm. That's that's where they hail from. Ktuchik is the master there. And he hasn't changed, even if the world has. And all the merchants from Rakoska might seem civilized, but they all jump when Ktuchik whistles. I'm taking this directly from the text. And Ktuchik is a disciple of Torak. And then the emperor's like, well, Torak's dead. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And uh, uh, Paul gets very beautifully waspish. I love it. like really have you seen his grave have you opened the grave and seen his bones yeah and then
1: and then it's his game the emperor's game i think to not show any fear yeah because he's like well i'm not afraid of twerk anyways even if he is alive even if he comes here i'm not afraid of him
0: (laughs) and it's like that's yeah stupid thing to say but he does, like, down further, he actually says, I'm not afraid of Torek. Mm-hmm. And
1: that um, comes back to how he says he doesn't believe in Aunt Paul and yeah. Wolf. It's the same thing. Like, he really does. So he says, I'm not afraid, but he really would be, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just
1: all talk for him to seem like he doesn't care.
0: And now, I think there's almost a, there's a bit of innocence in there as well. I don't think mm-hmm. that, like, if it's a cultural thing, they won't have been taught about the same things that, you know, Aaron's and Alorns and Sendars, the, the other places that do believe, that do have this mythology at the heart of their, you know, religious lives, they will have been taught different way of approaching it. So all the different gods in this story have a different way of holding their children. And I think the Tolnedran god, we'll have to have a look at that sheet, that um, Rachel. So Rachel put a really handy <clears throat> file up in the Facebook page. Yeah, I saw that. And Nedra is the god of the Tolnedrans. He's the lion god. So all the gods have a different way of holding their children and so they just haven't been taught the same things that the other peoples have been taught and this is how they approach it from a from a very commercial standpoint and um there's not a lot of um esoteric stuff going on i don't think
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, well doesn't feel that way anyway it's very materialistic um you know wolf's sort of calls him a fool and the emperor goes yeah well Whatever. Don't care. <laughs> Go away. Um, so we do need to talk about what happens next. There's a new... Uh, there's, a little, there's a girl who comes on the scene. What did you think of this?
1: I honestly... Nothing, really. I knew she'd probably be important later, but right now I just kind of meant nothing. She runs in, complains, and then leaves. <laughs>
0: Okay, so the emperor's daughter comes in. She's got wild red hair and she's very small. And Garyon thinks she's a child at first, but then, you know, sees that her limbs are kind of more mature and he gets kind of a shock when he sees her. It feels like a almost recognition, but not quite. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: just leave mm-hmm. you with that. <laughs> um, and she has a very bad temper she's having a big old tantrum and she tries to wheedle her way with her dad and doesn't get it and storms out yeah (laughs) basically that's it and um there is a little funny little exchange here the emperor sort of looks almost apologetic at at wolf oh you can't imagine what it's like having a child like that (laughs) and wolf says oh i can imagine all right (laughs)
1: right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just imagine aunt paul as a child mm-hmm. Jeez.
0: <laughs> well you know if our show's still going we will read paul gara and we will see what she's like as a child okay um, I look forward to that yes it's a very good book so yeah that's fine they go, go through all of um you know the rest of it you know you have a certain authority among the alorns. And he wants to renegotiate a, um, an accord that was drawn up at the end of the last great battle at Vomimba when Twork Tor- when was defeated. And this is important just to touch on. It's when he's talking about having to present herself to the Hall of the Reuben King on oh. her 16th birthday. Okay. Um,
1: that she has to... Your Aunt Paul says if she has been told to be there, then there's no way out of it. She's going to be there. Mm.
0: So the emperor is sort of coming at it from a fatherly point of view. Like it's really dangerous place, you know, beyond the castle walls for her at the moment that people are killing each other. I'd rather she didn't go I want to keep her safe. So there's nobody there. The line's been extinct for, you know, 1300 years. Nobody's going to be there. I'm not going to be emperor much longer anyway. What's the point of her going? and um paul's like no just she flat out says no if she she has to go she will go if Mm -hmm. she's if she's destined to be there nothing can stop her from being there Mm -hmm. yeah so that's really the end of the polite conversation between them and then the murgos come in you know they've been having trade negotiations inside the castle and um they've all gone very well made some lovely agreements with the tolnidrans and so five murgos come out into the garden to say farewell, you know, give their respects to the emperor before they leave. One of them is Ashrak. Mm-hmm. The leader is Ashrak. Yeah. Um, that
1: was a tense moment for a second because I'm like, all right, so what's, what's going to happen? You know, yeah. Face off with Gary and Ashrak. But not too much happens.
0: Well, it's all very polite. It's a very mm-hmm. polite... Uh, oh venomous conversation
1: I feel like the emperor being there was kind of what kept it um, level and not you know like the last time Mm -hmm. when because we find out Ashrak is also that other dude what's his name? Chamdar Chamdar the one that appeared at the tour Mm -hmm. and that wolf sent away. So
0: if you think of it Ashrak the the Mergo Chamdar the Mm Mm-hmm. They're the same person. Yeah. So, so Grolims are the sorcerers of the Murgos. So that's like his two personas in the world. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was interesting. Garion is, feels like he should be surprised by the news, but he's not.
0: Yes. He feels like, so. like a puzzle that's been put together or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what else?
1: I mean, what else is there really to point out about this piece? Like we obviously uh, see they they discuss the past, their last encounter together, and
0: so the emperor is sort of just observing them being comp- really venomous to each other, just dripping with malice, and like every word, like there's such history there. Every every word is loaded with, like you know, power. It feels like a really powerful conversation. And the emperor is just like, oh like a watching it like a play
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he refers to it as a play and um wolf says you know the first act was very long or someone says the first act was very long yes Ashrak says the first act was very long your highness and quite often tedious belgrath tends to get carried away with his own cleverness and uh wolf promises that the the last act will be extremely short and you yeah. know, basically, Belgras, like, look, if you don't want to listen to me, and that's your own business. I've told you what you need to know. Peace out. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> I liked how Mr. Wolf
1: handled it. You know, yeah, he's like, you know what, we're just done here. <laughs> yeah, we gotta go. Let's get out of here.
0: And it was nice though, at, like, really kind of cute at the end. Uh, the Empress says, well, you know, I'm pleased to have met you. Don't believe you, but it's not a personal thing, purely <laughs> theological. <laughs> and yeah, Belgrath, you just see Belgrave light up and, and I'm, I'm again reminded of his incredibly long view of everything. You know, uh-huh. he gets like almost cheeky, like, yeah, I'm glad to meet you too. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to the next time, Ashrak. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. And that's that. That's the end of the
1: chapter. Yeah. It is a long, a long chapter, mm. but I enjoyed it. There's a lot of little, little moments to enjoy. Yes, so.
0: yes. Oh, so that's that, and now we'll get into the magic of the chapter. Uh, my ma- the magic, I chose, is when Polgara is listening to. The canary talk about the day it learned to fly Mm -hmm. because when she's um she tells ramboran well you just weren't taking it seriously enough that's why i wasn't singing to you and um says well what's what's he saying and she says, you know he's telling me about the first day that he learned to fly it's a very important day for a bird and Mm -hmm. you know ramboran's like well that's very nice conceit i suppose but you know don't believe you of course um, but yeah so yeah. pogara and i liked how pogara her she shape shifts into an owl she did the connecting with the birds remember when wolf said you know you you have you're more suited to that when she went up and took possession of the, the big bird that came down and the, the yeah. raven when that was following them so she seems to have this affinity with with birds
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's a good point so that's part of her yeah, music,
1: I think. That was a good moment. I chose a quote uh, from Mr. Wolf when he says that even with all of this, a life without any wonder left in it is flat and stale. Which is oh, funny that you—I'm
0: so sorry—I stole your thing. I didn't no, read the—I okay. didn't read the sheet. Sorry, guys.
1: No, that's fine. It's just double emphasized because I think that's yeah. a powerful line. Like it's—that's like the summary of the way I view life (laughs) right there in that sentence
0: it's absolutely absolutely I think I'll make uh I think I'll make up a quote um a downloadable quote sheet for our listeners to download and pin up on their office wall if they like because that quote has a lot of magic in it it's quite Mm -hmm. powerful and it's a nice reminder maybe to stick up somewhere where sometimes you might feel a bit stale and bored and yeah you know to remind you to just have another look at around you see what might actually be there really beyond Mm -hmm. the illusions that your mind creates yeah definitely (laughs) that's a good idea i'll get right on that (laughs) cool okay so real life relating okay real life relating so when they're uh when the Murgos come in and they're all talking around and they're all dripping, like, you know, attacking each other energetically with their words. And they're just being horrible to each other in the conversation. You know, there's times, like I've had those times when I am present, when a group of people who have a history are, you know, sort of interacting in a public space. So they're not being blatant, but you hear it inside their conversation, all of this like yeah. energetic to and fro. You can almost like, oh, I can, I often see energy, like the textures of energy. I get almost mm-hmm. so thick and like I can see it. <laughs> and, and I, like I can, I, I get sort of disturbed, but also really, really curious. Like I want to know what the story is. Yeah. So I'm kind of kind of attracted and repelled at the same time. It's a very weird feeling.
1: <laughs> that would be, yeah. Yeah. I chose, again, going back to the quote that I already just said, I understand Mr. Wolf feeling at a loss because I feel that way a lot when I'm talking with people who don't believe in magic or wonder or any of that stuff. Yep. It's just like, then it's kind of like, all right, then I'll just see you later. I don't yep. need to talk to you. <laughs>
0: And, yeah, yeah, it's so hard to have, not hard, but I'm just not interested in those really surfacey conversations.
1: Yeah, me neither.
0: I'm not willing to give up my time for bullshit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, what, for me, one of the most pet peeves is, like, if somebody, like, in a text message, for example, like, maybe if, I'll just say if one of my family members does it to me, we haven't spoken in a while, hey, she'll to hey how you, how you been and then I'll respond like with some stuff that's been going on and then she'll reply this that's good that and then she'll just say everything I just said and I'm like okay uh, <laughs> great conversation I guess <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm just um yeah no don't have time for the surface stuff dive deep with me darlings or swim away
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's not entirely true i do have a lot of space for being gentle and kind but you know they're not the conversations but you know the conversations i prefer are these ones where we talk about weird stuff and right thoughts talking
1: about weird stuff yeah <laughs> we're into yeah. prophecy speaks now so okay
0: okay you go first so my question this week so i remember earlier in the show i was talking about getting into this new groove so i'm getting back into the groove but it's a new groove so it feels different i don't know what it feels like yet Um, but i know that it's a deeper i'm going in the same direction but it's deeper and so I keep thinking that I can do this author thing. Um, but but I can continuously giving into just different distractions and time wasting. Like I waste so much fucking time. It's ridiculous. If I, was, if I was, you know, I would have fired myself a long time ago if I was actually paying myself to be sitting in this chair writing. Yeah. And so what is it? I want to know what is it that I'm getting out of not stepping into the role fully. That's what I want to know.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I think we're kind of on the same with that right now, like I was yeah. saying
0: earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to know. And I think I've chosen a very appropriate book that called The War of Art. The War of Art, Break Through Your Block, Break, break, break blah, 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 blah. <laughs> The War of Art, Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles by Stephen Pressfield. So what is it I'm getting out of this? Not claiming my power, not stepping into the thing I say I want to do, not really being grounded in that. What am I getting out of not doing those things? A professional plays it as it lays. My friend the hawk and I were playing the first hole at Prestwick in Scotland. The wind was howling out of the left. I started an uh, an eight iron 30 yards to windward, but the gale caught it. I watched in dismay as the ball sailed hard right, hit the green going sideways and bounded off into the cabbage. Son of a bitch. I turned to our caddy. Did you see the wind take that shot? He gave that look that only Scottish caddies can give. Well, you've got to play the wind now, don't you? The professional conducts his business in the real world. Adversity, injustice, bad hops and cotton and rotten calls, even good breaks and lucky bounces, all compromise... All com- oh, I can't fucking read today... All comprise the ground over which the campaign must be waged. The field is level. The professional understands only in heaven. Well, shit. (laughs) This is my job. Do your fucking job, woman. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. I'm... I made two contracts with myself this week, printed them out, signed them, stuck them in front of me. The first one was a promise, so I did a little ritual, and uh, my promise, write first, I am accountable to me, today I am building it, my body of work, story by story. And I signed Mm -hmm. it and that's fine. And for the last two days I've written first and I've, that's no problem, but it's not enough. I can't just write for a bit and then waste the rest of the day. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I am resisting that same thing.
0: And so today, like this afternoon, I did another contract with myself. So now I have my commitment. Writing books is my job. I am employed. My office hours are nine to five, Monday to Friday. And I Mm -hmm. signed it. So it's like I have the personal thing and I have the business thing. And they're two halves of why I do what I do. And if I'm going to be a professional, I need to play it where it lays. Yeah,
1: so I think what you're getting out of not stepping into the role fully maybe is not having to take 100% responsibility. Yeah. Or maybe not facing fear of something.
0: So what am I getting out of not stepping into the role fully? Thank you for bringing me back to my question. What I'm getting out of it is not being fired. Because I could get fired from this job. If I'm not going to do it, I may as well go and get another job in someone else's company and let them pay me. Yeah. And it's not it's so what I'm getting out of it by half asking it is being in there, but so staving off the possibility that I've got to go. And work for someone else and taking away the you know the 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 staying amateur like i'm staying an amateur i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not becoming a professional
1: yeah and there could be a little bit of fear about becoming a professional you know could be it's not could be. <laughs> <laughs> i know i've been dealing with those same thoughts the last couple of weeks so I understand.
0: So I think the, the commitment to doing the work and understanding that I need to build the body of work to get the books out there and knowing that it might not be till the 10th book that I start to make a full-time income and maybe not mm-hmm. even then and then keeping going anyway because this is my job. Yeah. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. To, to say, yes. yeah, I've been working for years. I've got this many books published and I'm, I, I hate when people say, so how's the book writing going? How many books have you sold, I know that question is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, but people who are not authors don't understand how ridiculous the question is. Yeah. It's but not it's the, the only, point. Yeah. But it's the like only way many? they have to measure the value of what I'm doing and right. That's the problem I have. I think that's, if I don't claim it fully, I don't have to. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Um, and it's a matter of knowing that people who ask questions like that, like how are book sales going, are operating on their ego. Uh, and they're, they're doing it to base how they're going to place you in yeah. their life. How much you matter as a human being, which is the whole none of that matters that's
0: all the illusion yeah. right what matters is who you really are and and, not even, and yes that is a part of it but not but some of them genuinely just like uh, want to support me and I really like right. excited it's question, but it, it's like not the right question it's still though it's still
1: their ego operating even if they're yeah. positively projecting it
0: yeah because it's
1: the question is irrelevant yeah everybody has their inner purpose which is the same for everyone and then we all have our outer purpose which is different and you can't fulfill your outer purpose unless the inner purpose is fulfilled
0: first okay i'm gonna i mean i think i think i know why i'm not doing it what i'm getting out of not stepping into the role fully is that i stay safe right also, you don't have to face
1: challenge. I mean, sitting down to write that long every day is a challenge. It's well, a huge challenge, and that challenge alone can be a little bit scary. Like, yeah. oh god.
0: but not even just writing like for that length of time, but engaged in my author business mm-hmm. for all of those hours.
1: Yeah, yeah. For me, the scary part is more of like how how do you get yourself out there. Mm. that's where I get stuck and that's where I kind of retract.
0: I think I, that's where I get, that's my distraction. I think I just need to, I don't think I know, I need to write the books. I need to build the body of work and not worry so much about how I'm getting it out there. It's kind of putting the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Trying to prepare for the future when, you know, without having anything to put into the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: so that's it is those eight hours the majority of it is writing
0: 80 yeah, percent writing
1: 20 percent the other stuff in yes. the business
0: like it's a hard job yeah it's a demanding job if i'm going to be professional it's a demanding job it's 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 what i love but there are going to be times when it's going to be hard and you know, like any other job, I may not want to go to work today, but I go to work because that's my job. Yeah.
1: That's, that's what I did. And I did, though, I only wrote for like an hour. Mm. I mean, today I had to because I could come on here, but yeah. <laughs> it is. It's well, this is part committing. of your job, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a good answer for you, though.
0: Mm, I think so. Leave well, it to Steven sure. Pressfield.
1: Well, S- Steven Pressfield is the guy for an answer like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, your turn. Um, mine is that I... <laughs> talking about just committing to writing, but I also have... I want to help people. I want to be helping people with what I know, whether that is writing a novel or the other stuff I've been learning. And I just want to know who these people be and where can i find them because it's it's not on social media like you saw i've been like dabbling in social media again but it just it's not
0: yep not feeling i it, don't though.
1: nobody cares in social media it's just like a oh that's a cool thought move on yeah forget about you type yep. thing and i don't want that i want the deep connections with people yeah who really want to change or who really want to write a novel you mm-hmm. know? So that's my question is, who are these people and where can I find them? Because I have this yearning to like help. And -hmm. it's almost like stir crazy that I can't or I don't know where to go. Okay. I'm using the Alchemist by Paolo. Mm -hmm. Um. See what I get. I can work for the rest of today, the boy answered. I'll work all night until dawn and I'll clean every piece of crystal in your shop. In return, I need money to get to Egypt tomorrow. The merchant laughed. Even if you cleaned my crystal for an entire year, even if you earned a good commission selling every piece, you would still have to borrow money to get to Egypt. There are thousands of kilometers of desert between here and there. There was a moment of silence so profound that it seemed the city was asleep. No sound from the bazaars, no arguments among the merchants, no men climbing to the towers to chant. No hope, no adventure, no old kings or personal legends, no treasure, and no pyramids. It was as if the world had fallen silent because the boy's soul had. He sat there, staring blankly through the door of the cafe, wishing that he had died and that everything would end forever at that moment. The merchant looked anxiously at the boy. All the joy he had seen that morning had suddenly disappeared. I can give you the money you need to get back to your country, my son, the crystal, so the crystal merchant. The boy said nothing. He got up and adjusted his clothing and picked up his pouch. I'll work for you, he said. And after another long silence, he added, I need money to buy some sheep. Okay. What'd you
0: page. get out of that?
1: Hmm. Um, let's see. I've been having trouble with these lately, I like relating them, right? my stuff, but um, there's definitely something in that whole paragraph that talks about the silence Mm -hmm. that is speaking to me. Um, And There's a lot of reference of money in here, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what I am getting out of this, and you can add to your stuff, of course, but is that I, again, don't, I don't have to search for these people. Um, The answers come in the silence, like the silence within yourself. Like the quieter I can make my thoughts is is not like constantly thinking, where am I going to find these people? Who are they? How can I help them? Running through my mind, if I can just stop it, then they'll show up. Because that's how you create the opening, right? Mm-hmm. And then the money stuff, I feel like, is just uh, like this the boy is talking about how he needs to work for money. I feel like it's just a reminder for me that it's not necessary to work to have money, there's other ways to have money, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I feel not- like, good. Yeah. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> no, I just feel like it just kind of clicked that, like as to what you are saying, I have this yearning to help people and, and I see that in my mind is like, okay, I can help people write their books. And I still, I'm open to that. If somebody were to come to me and say that, I'd be like, yeah, totally. Let's work something out. But I'm not going to search anymore. I'm just going to focus on my books because I think that's where I'm really going to help people.
0: Yeah, it's this not about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about getting to the mysterious place, the mysterious land. Right it's about the crystals, and just polishing the crystals. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the dark crystal. Oh, it's a good show. Um,
1: yeah, I think so. It's. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Is. We just, both like just need to,
0: we both just need to write our books don't we <laughs> yeah
1: yeah because i know and i know that middle grade series is going to be something powerful like i feel yeah. it yeah. it has such a strong message in it
0: so okay, you're gonna it's... you're gonna finish your raven dreams and move into that
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and the raven dreams is important to finish because it's closure to
1: yes that part of my life that i've now let go it's... of And it's so appropriate
0: for you to be working on that right now. Yeah. And as long as it's unfinished, it's almost kind of like that chapter is still open a little bit. Totally. that's the way that we process our lives is through our work. Because I started that book when I was
1: going through like hell. Yeah. Hell. And you can see it in the character. (laughs) It's It's, so dark. This book is series is so dark.
0: It's such a good time for you to bring that to a conclusion. Like
1: it's almost like a life's mission it's it's more than just writing a book this is like it is you know i'm aligned with my inner purpose now and then now my outer purpose is finish the book
0: yep yeah it's interesting the way that our prophecy questions are kind of intertwined a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) they are
1: really a lot the same
0: Okay, we have no new reviews and no special announcements this week. Um, I do have a secret thing coming. Secret? Well, you know. I don't even know. You don't even know yet, no. (laughs) I am. I think I found a place for us to have a group and (sighs) interact. That's not Facebook. What is it? um it's a platform that i joined earlier in the year but haven't done anything with but i can see that i think that we're reaching critical mass because more of my friends have been mentioning it or well, people that i know on and it's called me we i have heard of that i got and, an
1: invitation to it I'm like okay. what the heck is this
0: so <laughs> i i I, I, yeah, so I've been on it for quite a while, but now I'm actually starting to engage in it and Mm -hmm. it's clean. It's fresh. There's no advertising. It's private. There's no data mining going on. Cool. It feels really nice. And I think, so I think that uh, I might be sending out an email to our email subscribers. So if you are not an email subscriber, Sign on up, go to the website and sign up to to get your emails. Mm -hmm. An invitation to a private group. Yeah. Be sure to send it to me too once you have it. I will, I will, I will. Um, So that's my super special announcement. And uh, we're at the end of the show. And I have chosen the hashtag flat out wonder. Yeah for this episode so, and it
1: all fits mr wolf talking about wonder and all that fits with yeah. our our stuff our writing and our prophecies Yep. Yeah.
0: so that's our hashtag i will be putting show notes like the extended show notes as usual on our website belgariad and so there'll be lots of clickable links in there and i don't know what they'll be yet but I was talking about a printable thing, and there's a group that, um, you know, just snuck in there as an announcement. I might put something about that in there. Um, so head on over once the show's released and have a look. If you're listening to the show, it'll be live. So go do that. Yeah. And still, we're waiting for my reviews on
1: iTunes, guys. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. We still keep bringing it up every episode.
0: Look, if you want to leave a review, that'd be great. If you don't, that's fine. If you're just listening to the show because you like to listen to the show, we are grateful that you're here and we love yeah. you. So I think that we can just let that go. we I feel like we're talking to the same people every week and if they want to leave a review, they know how to do it. So that's yeah. that. All right. That's done. (laughs) Never should be brought up again. Well, you know, maybe sometimes, but not often. (laughs) Yeah. So thanks for sticking around, everyone.
1: Yep. It was a long episode, but a good chapter. I think so. Good prophecies.
0: So starting to ramp up now the story. Yeah. So uh, let's see where the adventure takes us next week. Oh, my prediction. Oh, yes, please. For next chapter, I just put that Gary's going to have a
1: face down with Ashrak.
0: A face and down we'll... or a face off? <laughs> face
1: off. Smackdown, I'm <laughs> Smackdown i down. back down or face I, off? I combined um, showdown okay. with face
0: off. Face down. <laughs> face down. No, that's our new hashtag. I'm going to add that hashtag. Our hashtag is face flat out wonder. You can use either flat Out Wonder or hashtag face down. <laughs> That's funny. To talk about this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But I think I think we might see when that happens, it's we're gonna see some Gary and Gary and power at mm-hmm. work.
0: Okay. Oh, sometimes I think that you skim ahead and you're reading ahead. I never,
1: I never. That's one thing everyone will tell you about me is I am honest. Good.
0: Please hear it. Um, you're and I can't. You I, never read the last page in a book, do you? First. Oh, no. <gasps> you do. I don't. Okay.
1: I, I was thinking back to when every when the last Harry Potter was coming out, and everybody was buzzing about the last word was going to be scar in her in her series, and everybody's and, and I when I got the book. I can't remember if I was tempted to check or not.
0: Oh, I have never, ever, ever. Read
1: I don't the think last I did page. because Harry Potter was super big to me and I didn't want to risk no. anything. No.
0: <laughs> I've read like uh, sometimes I'll flick to the center of a book that I don't know and just see if I like the style of writing, like just a random page. Yeah. But I never, ever, I never, never, yeah. no, no, wow. no spoilers. Yeah, even if I, if I was
1: not trustworthy or something, I couldn't lie for the life of me. I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can completely tell I'm lying. <laughs> okay, so.
0: well, thanks for listening, everyone. We yeah. appreciate you. So check us out on um, Facebook and also check out our website because that's where all the things are. Yep,
1: yep. We'll see you guys next week you know make it a magical week yes full of wonder (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) all right
1: bye guys bye
0: Hey, hey two
1: hours in <laughs> wow epic so that episode is like hour and a half
0: huh yeah pretty much
1: wow that was a long chapter though
0: yes okay yeah. well i'm gonna go down and see my girl yeah spend some time with her
1: oh. sorry i'm losing my microphone
0: <laughs> oh it's okay you right, my darling that good chat. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll chat with you through the week. Yeah. Sounds good. All
1: right. Bye. Bye.